0: One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor, and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Here we are. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to the... uh... Thursday morning gathering of One Decent Pastor. Thursday morning gathering. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Oops. the... Uh, well, what guess, are we doing? I'm yeah. listening to my... I'm listening to... Make sure it came up live. Do you want to make sure we have a viewer on there? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: so, like that scene Space Spaceballs where they're
2: like watching the past. Thing. Well, so that's why you bring your computer. So okay. you can watch yourself
0: live. I like to, I like to see myself. No, make sure we're actually... <laughs> To make sure it actually goes live, and we're not just doing nothing for an hour. That's my <laughs> right. biggest fear. I mean, can you right. imagine just doing all this do and it doesn't count? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, uh, big topic today of uh, abortion and adoption. Yeah. Probably get into some other things as well. Mm. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah. And we're still uh, yeah in the middle of hitting the you know the easy ones.
1: Right. This is such an easy topic. We probably uh, will talk about everything there is to talk about with respect to this topic. we we'll it.
0: it. could be, yeah. yeah
1: no, it's, hopefully you're picking up on my heavy sarcasm there. <laughs>
0: uh, and next week we uh, are getting away for the weekend, kind of a long extended weekend with our wives. Uh, we don't get to do that very often, and so we're, we're kind of doing a pastor wives retreat. So next Thursday we probably will not be live but there'll right. there'll still be something happening. We'll post something. We'll
1: do a, a pre-recorded yeah. video of some sort probably.
0: Or a, or a vintage episode if we get lazy. we well, something out of <clears> see the week or, goes. Or, yeah. yeah. If, if we're bored
2: and our wives cut us loose then maybe we'll do something. Yeah.
1: Well, for the record, we tried to talk our wives into doing the, the broadcast with us uh, from our getaway. Yeah, it was a hard no. On that. Yeah. Hard no.
0: Did not go over well. Yeah, yeah. that's fair, I guess. <laughs> it's it it's intimidating to, to do something like this, and, and also to be on camera. So <laughs> both of those things, I think. But just, would be helpful. I think it would be fantastic, right. actually. But so they're just being like, disobedient, basically. Doesn't look like it's going to happen, yeah, Shows bad, bad ministers. <laughs> who, they're bad people. Who wears the pants in your family? <laughs> you can see <say> that. <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about next week. Who wears the pants in your family? Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's good. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. probably not. All right. Complimentarianism, yes. Yeah. Uh, Third Thursday tonight, so. Yeah. What are we eating? Rich Smith's going to do his testimony. That'll be good. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah. Uh, From what I understand, chili and cornbread, what we were going to have last week, it hasn't been sitting the whole month. That just sounded weird, but (laughs) yeah, Gary prepared it, and then a month later, we're going to eat it. No, it's all freshly prepared. Okay. But it's not your favorite thing, David, because there are beans. And we all know how David feels about beans. Yep. So. I'll bring something. I'll fill my pockets with potatoes. <laughs> there could be other things here. So. I have a
1: pretty good uh, Texas chili recipe. What does that mean? Means no beans. Texas chili is meat. Meat with no beans. Okay. Well, then I like Texas uh, chili. But it is pretty spicy. I don't know how you feel about spicy stuff, too. So. What kind of meat do you put in that? Well, I can't give away all my secrets. Yeah, you can.
2: Is your brisket so, is it?
1: So well, I, I yeah, there is the brisket chili. Uh, you could do tri-tip. You could do stew meat. Uh, But the secret ingredient is uh, Mexican chorizo Mm. to be part of the chili.
2: That's sausage, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, chorizo and eggs. Yeah,
2: but it doesn't have
0: like a spicy... A little bit, but not bad. Yeah, I could do it. That sounds delicious.
2: Speaking of Texas... I'll make it one of these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the comp?
0: He posted a thing moving into his new house over there. Yeah. 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 Chris, if you're tuning in... uh, Loser. We're going (laughs) to try try to find a pastor's conference in Texas so we can come (laughs) visit. Yeah.
1: And I talked to him last week. because there's such a couple thing? of days before they hit the <laughs> Probably. road. Um, and caught up with him. And, yeah, but it's good. To, uh, good to, we just got a thumbs up, so maybe that's Chris. Ch- oh, to you know, I don't to know. Steve. Or somebody that knows Chris. touch know. chilly right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, anywho. Right? anywho any, man? Yeah, any, any other things we can talk about before we get into the easy topic?
2: No, I can't see on my glasses, but
0: you just deal with it, I guess. Let's yeah. pray. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, Lord. We uh, we know how these uh, topics are, are near and dear to you, and we want to do it justice as we talk about it. So we just look to you and ask for wisdom, for grace, and for um, uh, just a, a good time of discussion as we as we talk about these things, and uh, help us, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
1: Um, yeah, tough tough topic, or um, you know, uh, a hot button topic. Uh, maybe not tough, but definitely hot button uh, in society as we think about uh, abortion. In uh, adoption, and, and not, maybe not in the church necessarily. Right. It should be pretty easy. easy in the church, right? Yeah, it should be easy in the church. I don't know if it always is. But right. Uh, but I'll just ask you guys, just kind of right out of the gate, why, why do you think this is such a hot button topic? I mean, in a minute, we'll get into, um, you know, just you know what God has to say about these things. But like, why do you think just in our society, culturally, this is such a, a hot button issue uh, about abortion?
0: Well, one of the things that jumped into my head right away is that it's become so politicized, right? That um, it, it almost becomes this. <laughs> Um, like party line kind of an issue, and so that's made it kind of kind of weird, I guess. Sure. Um, I mean, they, they've even it has nothing to do with the church or Christianity. At times it's just like a, you know, if you're this in this party, you have to be this way, and if you're in this party, you have to be this way. And so right. it's, it's become this polarizing. Yeah, thing it's a where, category now. Yeah. That you politically have to fit into. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, not everybody does, obviously, but it, we've made it that. Well, it kind if, of makes sense. I mean, I see why it falls to certain, yeah. you know. I mean, I see why yeah. Christians would hold fast yeah. to this, but, but it's weird that it's become a politicized yeah. kind of a topic. Sure. So, I mean, if I was to really
2: boil it down, I would say, because it holds us accountable for decisions we make.
0: Right. <laughs> and, and so,
2: not to be insensitive, I know there are situations where uh, actual rape is involved and things like that, which is where it starts to get really controversial right. for the most part we uh, we just want to be free to live the way we want totally. sleep with who we want to uh, and then not have to deal with the consequences of our actions right and and so to me like it comes down to a free will thing like that's why it's so controversial you can't you can't take away my free will in you know my choice, my right. body, all that stuff if I want to do this I need to be able to do it and so it's all for the protection of our <coughs> autonomy and sovereignty' and
0: it's selfishness right isn't it, isn't it funny that you can have, somebody lands so hard in that camp, you know, as far as this idea of I'm autonomous, you can't trample on my rights, these are my freedoms, I can do whatever I want with my body, and they'll be very staunch when it comes to this topic, Mm -hmm. but in the same way when it comes to some of the things we're dealing with as far as Well, vaccines. vaccines. We heard the exact same... Right, not not your body and your choice when it comes to that. No, it's very, I mean, it's the the hypocrisy in some of this stuff is mind-blowing. Like, you can argue to the death for your right to to an abortion, and then using the same logic you should land in the exact same place when it comes to these other things and they don't and that's what drives me mad when it comes to this stuff
2: so so as long as it's a a part of
0: you know what i agree with
2: you know then yeah then that that statement
0: holds yeah but there there is a there's an absolute lie right now that i think is perpetuated that that this is the easy the quick fix to a predicament that you might have gotten into that there's no consequences that it's inexpensive that it's cost-free Literally cost-free, you know, money-wise yeah. and cost-free spiritually, emotionally, physically. And none of that's true. Right. It's a, it's an absolute <coughs> lie. Um, there is a cost. It does, you know, this is a big deal. Right. And I know people know that that have been through it because they've, they've experienced it. But there's a lie out there for somebody who maybe hasn't yet that this is just an easy way to, to deal with, you know, yeah. an inconvenience that I don't okay. want to deal with.
1: Well, it's crazy that, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but, you know, like I heard somebody say that, you know, an abortion is $400 and an adoption is $40,000. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, that, that just seems like it shouldn't be that way, that it should be so easy, um, you know, to abort and so difficult now, to Now, if you flipped
0: that around, uh, made it, you know, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, not that it would, I don't want, want anybody to have an abortion, but I right. mean, the idea that, that adoptions could be manageable at 400 bucks or whatever. Right. Um, I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I just you know was reading some statistics. and I'm not going to throw a lot of statistics today, but just something that blew my mind. It was 115 mm-hmm. million abortions a year worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge number, huge yeah. number, heartbreaking yeah. number.
2: Um, and that probably doesn't even count like certain forms of birth control
1: right. that are actually aborting. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's <clears throat> like something, something I've wondered. You know, as this is, becomes more and more of a hot button issue, is you know, like, like we hear, you know, our news here in the United States about, you know, these kinds of things, but I've just wondered, like, what, what does it look like worldwide? And so I did a little digging into that last night, and it's not a whole lot different worldwide than it is in the United States. Maybe a little more, you know, political here in the United States than other places in the world, but uh, very prevalent, uh, you know, throughout throughout the world. Uh, you know, just a heartbreaking thing, and, you know, probably worth saying just, you know, from the outset that, you know, there, there, there's much, you know, grace for people that have gone through this, and... Um, You know, we'll get into that um, maybe a little more towards the end, but, you know, we don't ever want to condemn anybody um, who's been through this, who's contemplating this. um, You know, God is gracious and God is loving and, you know, God is the author of life. And that's just kind of the short of of what we believe and why we land where we land. Um, Let's look at, uh, if one of you wants to open to um, Genesis chapter 1. So many... Of our kind of prevalent issues in society today, we, we go back to the. Why beginning. do we always start in <coughs> right, We go one. back to the beginning, <laughs> in Genesis chapter one, uh, verses twenty-six to twenty-eight. You got, you got it there, yeah. David. Um, let's see what God has to say about human life. God
2: said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish in the sea, and over the birds in the hev- of the heavens, and over the livestock." And over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the birds and the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth.
1: So what does that tell us about God as the author of life and how God views human life in those short verses? tells us that God is the author of life.
2: Right, <laughs> Many values you imply. I sorry, <laughs>
1: being stupid. Um, here, here's where we get you know the doctrine of, of the Imago Dei that we're created mm-hmm. in the image of God. Um, mm-hmm. let, let's talk about that for a second. Like, what are the implications of the Imago Dei um, as it pertains to you know, arguments for or against abortion?
0: I, I mean, it goes back to what you just said. I mean, that all life is precious to God; that it, it all matters to Him. It all has purpose. It all has meaning. It's you know, God's very intentional yeah. about how He's placed His stamp right. on us, and, and to, to diminish that or to um, to take it uh, is not our place. You know, right. it's, it's Which specific. in turn
2: tells us that it's not precious or valuable to us as sinful humans. Like it should right. be right. right, but like the opposite like it's valuable to him So why isn't it right to us? Why do we think differently or approach this differently? And of course, we can go into a bunch of different things on that, but um, I mean the easiest thing is to not call it life,
1: right? Right.
0: Yeah, I see you see that. Just don't it's, call it life, it's, it's pretty um, I don't want to say brilliant, brilliant. It's Disgusting but it's yeah. pretty brilliant on the people on the side of the people that are that are you know all about abortion because if you reduce this thing to a clump of cells to, a, I mean, you basically are, you know, acting like you're going to get a mole removed or something like that. It's very right. clinical. It's very, you know, they dehumanize right. with the terms they use so that you don't feel like you're doing anything that's wrong. Right. Um, but, I mean, if you've ever had an ultrasound or you've ever, you know, that's why I think Planned Parenthood, not Planned Parenthood, sorry. Sorry, Jane, if you're listening um, pregnancy, pregnancy, pregnancy Resource Center. Some of these places want to have <coughs> free ultrasounds so that you can actually see that this is a life. It, right. It's moving around. It's got a heartbeat. It's yeah. It's not, you know, whatever they want to call it. It's not just a fetus. It's a it's a little baby. I think the heartbeat start, can start as early as three weeks. Pretty early, uh, yeah, Pretty sure. early on. Well, and you, you know. see that. And in, in, uh, I mean, just looking at some of the, the way that the prophets uh, are described, Jeremiah, Isaiah, this idea, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born i consecrated you and i appointed yeah. you to be a prophet to the nation so this is like this idea of in god's economy this life was already precious right. before it even started yep and that's important you know
2: yeah the the, the bible clearly defines when god thinks life starts like yeah. there's no way that you can Disagree with that, or come up with a contrary interpretation, unless you just
0: simply—well, people say, argue. Well, I don't agree. With is that. it a conception or is it a birth? Probably, but I would say, yeah, neither. It's before that, right according before to God. <laughs> he, he's saying before—before before, you know—you were even born, yeah. I, I had already had plans for you. Yeah. Well, even when you
2: start talking about names that are written in the Book of Life, yeah. um, from from the. Foundations of the earth, and before we even existed, and stuff like the language is everywhere right of when God sees value in somebody.
1: Well, even God preparing good works for us <clears throat> in Ephesians two beforehand, yeah. like that yeah. would mean that He knew us beforehand. Yeah, you know, good. before you know the foundations of the earth, that God knew us. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it was in the, in the Roe v. Wade decision that you know, like it came down to like personhood. You know, what, what how do they consider personhood? Uh, versus humanity, and, and they would say, uh, you know, in that, that that maybe you know this is the beginning of a human life, but they don't have personhood yet, right? Right, as a way to kind of soften the blow that, right. um, you know, of, of what of what the, you know the tragedy of what abortion is.
0: Which again, the inconsistencies in that are so terrible, and, and the, the slippery slope is terrible because if you start to define that, well, what happens when somebody gets Alzheimer's? Right. and their personhood goes away. Right. You know, do we just take them out at that point? Right. It's just, it's just, euthanasia. It's so, it's so frustrating. And the inconsistencies in the way that they, right. you know, you can go, you can, um, you know, a, a pregnant woman can get attacked who wanted to keep the baby <coughs> and if the baby dies, you'll get charged with murder. Yeah. But if you want to abort it, it's not a baby. It's just like, come on, people. Right. It's just, just so such obvious. inconsistency. It makes me mad. because right. It's just so obvious. It's like, let's call it what it is and be honest about what we're doing. Right. And nobody wants to do that, of course, because that's inhumane. Right. <laughs> there's a Well, passage it takes away our free will. And it does that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: There, there's a passage in uh, uh, Exodus, I think, 21. I didn't write it down, but passage in Exodus 21 where there's this law that, it, like, it describes it like if two men are fighting and, yeah. and they accidentally hit a woman, like a bystander, accidentally hit a pregnant woman uh, in such a way that causes her to give premature birth, that, like, if there's no damages, then, then the thing that happens to them is that they're imposed a fine, you know, by the husband. But, but if there are damages, you know, if the woman or the, the baby is damaged, then it's like eye for an eye, yeah. <laughs> limb, for, limb for limb, life for life, and, like there's consequences. Yeah. Uh, and even in that kind of obscure, you know, passage of the Bible, it just it shows us that God values, you know, human life. Yeah. Uh, that God values, you know, babies and uh, you know, values the womb. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Brent, you want to look up Psalm 139? Sure. Yeah, I'm very hardy there by chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's went. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, Hillary Clinton in uh, 2016 uh, was noted as saying that the unborn person does not have constitutional rights. So, so there was an acknowledgement there of the unborn person, like the personhood of the unborn, that uh, they don't have a constitutional right. And going back to this argument of of personhood, um, you know, part of what was decided in, in that uh, that court case is that um, you know a woman is autonomous. That um, you know the, the, the fetus or the embryo or whatever you know you want to call it to, to kind of dehumanize it uh, is taking up space, but because it's not viable on its own, then, then then there's no autonomy there. And we make this argument about you know constitutional rights because of where we live. Um, but Psalm 139, uh, 13 to 16,
0: uh, tells us again what we've already talked about, but how God views life in the world. It says, "For you formed me." Or, excuse me, for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, wonderful are your works, my soul knows it full very well, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them
1: so what does that say to our constitutional rights? <laughs> That, that, you know, we answer to something bigger. I mean, I, I love the Constitution, and I'm thankful, you know, for where I live, that that document exists, and that we have, you know, rights and freedoms uh, here in America. Um, <clears throat> but God's Word, we would all agree, supersedes that. And, and this tells us that God, when we were a clump of cells, right, even before we were a clump of cells, God knew us and had days numbered for us.
0: Well, I think it's safe to say that uh, apart from God's intervention and God's Spirit opening our eyes to this truth. People, I mean that—that's why you know this isn't a um, something that you vote about, or I mean it is obviously, but I mean it's—it's it's something that you don't legislate right. somebody into believing this way. Um, right. I, I remember being a non-Christian, and I used to fight on the other side of this. I, I got mad at people that wanted, like, what do you care what somebody does with their life and with their own body? I mean, I, I thought that way. It's like it doesn't matter what you know. It's why are your you business. meddling in my? Why group? are you meddling in somebody else's business? Yeah. And I didn't understand why. You know, I was pretty much for abortion. I wouldn't have ever probably gotten one. I was sure. raised a good Catholic, but as far as what everybody else was doing, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Mind your business, let them do what they <coughs> want to do, stay out of their stuff. And, and, and when I became a Christian, all of that changed. Something changed in me, and it wasn't anything to do with me. It was the presence of God, you know, his spirit. All of a sudden, this broke my heart, and I didn't know why, mm-hmm. other than, you know, now it did.
2: I've Amen. seen that in my wife, too. Like, she'd be a really good one to actually sit here and sit in on this today. She was very Jack strong. Kerry. Very strongly <laughs> pro-abortion uh, and pro-choice. Prior to being a believer, she even took her best friend, counseled her best friend several times to go in back in the day, and went with her to have abortions. Um, when we were new Christians, um, Carrie was kind of starting to change on this, but she had an uncle. We she got pregnant really young, and had an uncle that came to her. And, and offered, you know, hey, I'll go ahead and pay for this, yeah. you know, if you just want to go take care. Of it. And she thought about it, you know. That would have engaged, you know. <laughs> she thought about it. And then, um, and, and then just seeing God work in her life and work on her mind, and she can't believe. She, you know, has to almost cry. She gets emotional every time she even thinks about how she used to think. Right. But it's the work of God that it that al- was a heart change. It yeah. resulted in a mind change, a worldview change. So it's necess- the gospels necessary. I know we're going there, yeah. but like it's, you can't legislate um, people into righteous thinking, right? They have, they have to be born into righteous right. thinking.
0: I mean, I still think it's good that we vote, you know, for, for laws that protect babies. Sure, but then it's just you know the yeah. black
2: market will do its thing with abortion. Yeah. you know, what I mean? it doesn't but, fix the problem, right? Right. So, right.
0: And so our, our our biggest answer for this is is to preach the gospel to, um, yes. to people so that they they will begin to see it through God's eyes because right now His word is clear. His will is clear. There's no question about it. Like you said, you can't, you know, God's word is authoritative, but it's not authoritative to a (laughs) non-believer. I mean, they'll answer to God as though it is. Right. But, but, you know, if they don't believe, they're probably not going to ever see it this way. Right. Uh, um, Which is frustrating, because I really want people to see it (laughs) this way.
1: What what would you say, what would you guys say to to the church as far as how how we can, um, you know, promote pro-life views how we can kind of battle—not—not not, that like I don't—we we don't want to have an us versus them mentality, right? That's that's never good. I think the Bible calls us necessarily to that. Um, you know, that you see people, you know, in the name of Christianity, you know, picketing abortion clinics, even sometimes doing worse things than just picketing and, you know, causing harm and, and damage and those kinds of things. And and those are, you know, probably kind of outliers to you know what we would say is is the church. But like, what would you say to the church of how we can? Um, how we can promote pro-life views, how we can kind of battle this idea of abortion in our society in a, in a God-honoring sort of a way.
0: I was going to let David go first.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, we... Um, I was going to let Mark go first. Um, again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound stupid, but I, I think the more that, that people can see themselves in light of the gospel... Um, the more that you will have a heart of compassion to, so we spoke with Jane, we have Amanda, also in our congregation. They both go down, they talk with gals or people who are seriously looking at their options, especially abortion, um, and what they're doing is they're leading with a loving, compassionate, um, you know, directive purpose. Right. um, To share with them a better way. (coughs) And I think only a good understanding of the gospel for ourselves does that, allows us to do that. Otherwise, it's really easy to get angry, Right. you know what I mean? And, and so I think we always need to look at ourselves first. Just because it may not be abortion in our lives, there's other things in our lives that we're prone to and we have a tendency towards that are extremely contrary to God. And so we just, it has to start with the humility. And if you got a, you know, group of believers that have a, a good dose of humility, then they have a chance of going out right. and making a difference. <clears throat> so, so
1: our job is not first and foremost to be offended by the idea. It's, it's uh, not. Or offended by, you know, the person that's contemplating that or the person even that has, has walked in that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, we can't start with us verse ten. Right. Or, or else it's not going to accomplish that which God has called us to accomplish, right? Uh, it can be a speaker and a microphone, you know what I mean? But, you know, we see that go wrong so often. Sure. Uh, but then you look at guys like Jeff Durbin, who are really passionate towards people. They that, that, that go down in, um, to these clinics often, you know, with a speaker and a microphone, and he has gospel conversations with people. It can it can look really obnoxious and seem really obnoxious, yeah. but the dude's heart's in the right place. So, you know, I I don't know what it looks like, but I know where it starts, sure. which is with the
0: humility that it, only yeah. the gospel brings, right? Yeah, that's
1: good.
0: I I think there's a sense in which the church has been probably criticized a lot for not putting their money where their mouth is. And I don't mean literal money, but I mean the idea that we'll, you know, we'll say it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, but do we ever do anything about it, you know, in, in, in regards to would you open your home to, to, a, uh-huh. to a girl who has nowhere else to go? Would you adopt a baby who, you know, somebody could, you know, I mean, where are we willing to do those things? And, and you know, we have to be. I think there's this stigma that's always attached to an unwed mother where the church sometimes has been so judgmental and so harsh that, that we almost are pushing them towards that as sure. the only alternative if you want to be accepted in our, in our midst again. And that's heartbreaking to think about. That's disgusting, right. you know? So we have to offer an alternative to abortion within the church and create a haven for somebody that's in that situation where we would bring them in as a church and say you know what we will help you we will not let, you're not on your own here even though maybe your family's disowned you or the guy bailed and wants nothing to do with you the church will step up and do what is needed you know and I remember Jordan one of my, my oldest daughters actually coming home one time just saying that she has a friend that is pregnant and doesn't know what to do and she can't tell her parents, they'll disown her, they'll kick her out of the house And she was, and I said well she can live here and I remember that look on her face like Really, and it's like, of course, you know. I mean, absolutely. It wasn't even a second thought. And so, if we're not willing to do that, then you know, it doesn't. We don't have much credibility, I guess, right. in, in some sense. Yeah. No so person. this is a perfect
2: segue into the other subject. Right. Do you? Are there numbers on that as far as the percentage of Christians that I
1: adopt? <laughs> um, I'm sure there is. Okay. I, 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 did, I didn't dig into a bunch of statistics, but but one thing I did read is that. Um, you know adoptions in the United States um, one article I read said that they're that they're rare and, um,
0: it's partly because they're so stinking hard they can't get right. through the
1: table're they're hard they're expensive you they can't get to the the adoption no I mean <laughs> you
0: know? i my, my my niece and her husband right now are going through the process and and the home interviews and the the money involved and the, i mean it's just right. it's crazy what you have to go through it is and, and there's people out there that would take take these kids into their home in a minute. And I know we, we want to make sure that this is going to be a good home. I understand yeah. the responsibility we have there, but, boy, I wish they'd make it easier.
1: Right. And, and uh, one thing that I read, too, said so that domestic adoptions are, are uh, far less frequent than um, yep. international adoptions. Yep. Um, and, and so it's just it's sad that there are you know, kids that... Need a home, right? Should have had Jeff
0: here today. He's in t- he's on vacation, but yeah, he's Jeff. adopted three kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, he and, he and Carrie adopted children. Yeah, and our buddy Jeremy home. has he's been through a couple adoptions that. as yeah. well.
1: And, you know, they, uh, international adoptions. They've had to jump through, through hoops, you know, and to Andrea, make that happen. Yeah. 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 which both
2: theirs were, were. I think here in the states. Yeah. But they they were. As I remember, seeing the second one and. Um, you know, them relaying the steps of it and kind of watching them go through it. it's yeah. like nothing should be this hard, right? To get a, a drug baby. <laughs> like so, nothing. <laughs> so
1: well, why 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 do you suppose that, that adoption is considered the alternative? It, like abortion is kind of the primary, adoption is the alternative. What it probably should be the other. What well, probably it should be the other way around?
0: Yeah, it just has to do with the ease and the, the idea. Like I said, of that quick fix as opposed to the emotional. I think that you, you're a mom who's given up a child, thinks about the emotional toll, it's gonna to be to have this, go through the labor, uh-huh. go through this entire thing and then have to hand that baby to somebody else. And it's probably something that, we, I can't imagine how yeah. hard that would be. Right. And so the idea that this is gonna be easier just to, to you know, be done with it now, I think appeals to people. I don't think it's true though. I don't think it's the reality. I think it's right. just as hard. I mean, you talk about any woman who's ever had a miscarriage and, and how hard that has right. been for them. There's an emotional toll. There's a yeah. physical and spiritual toll that is taken, and and then when when you're the one that actually did it, you know, with a miscarriage, you didn't you didn't want that to happen. It just happened. With an abortion, you did that. Right. That's got to be unbelievably hard. You know, can't imagine.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm surprised. You know, this is one of those things that years ago when I was in a Bible study in in Idaho, that I was leading, and I was pretty cocky at the time, <laughs> and I was just talking about this, just you know, like, can you believe these people? Well, it turns out like three of the mm-hmm. ladies in that Bible study, and these were young ladies still, yeah. had had abortions. And I was unre- I was just cruel the way I was talking about it. And I started seeing them cry, and I realized there, <laughs> there's people in our midst right now mm-hmm, right. that have been through this, and it still is terribly hard for yeah. them.
1: And probably more people than we even realize in our midst. That, Absolutely. You know, have either contemplated, you know, such a thing or walked through it. Yeah. Um, that just... Like it's not an everyday topic of conversation, you know, right. that you bring up, and, and yeah. so it's something that you know probably for many people they you know did in secret, or like a small circle, you know, like it's not widely widely known, and that's why you know we want to have grace on these conversations, uh, yep. and much love and care, you know, for people that have walked down this path. Yeah. Um,
2: Going we, back yeah. to your um, your question, like I think a lot of it's financial, you know, hospital bills, whatever, sure even if it's an adoption thing, but there's um there's a humanistic philosophy now of population control and all that sure. and I know that sounds stupid but I think it, it it's like it holds a lot of weight yep. with the reality of the decisions that we're making and why we're right. making them. Like this would be stupid just to fill
0: the earth with someone else whose mom or dad didn't want him anyway. Right. Even convincing themselves this is the best thing for this child. It would be wrong yeah, to bring yeah, them into a totally world where I can't. Totally. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Give them maybe. I mean, maybe that would be pretty bad compared to like not being alive. But yeah, yeah. But that's a it's logic people use to justify what For they're sure. doing. Because again, at the end of the day we all recognize it's pretty horrific what's happening. Yeah. Right. Even though we try to right. cover, you know, gloss it over and make it seem like it's not, it just is. Right.
2: So it can yeah. be used as a justification or a, yeah. a validation or um, just something that makes them feel good about their decision because they're doing something good. For the planet or doing yeah. something different like there's a lot of people thinking that way
0: these days
1: believe well, it so. in the genesis passages that we read like god's command to adam and Eve was be fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. right like there there's an implication that yeah. you know like for human flourishing like that we should be yeah. not, don't, not, worry not every, limit. Right. don't worry about the <laughs> <Right>. weight limit don't worry about the weight limit right yeah that's god's business yeah. and, and, and not everybody not every couple is going to have children but right but you know the general command to, right. to humanity is be fruitful right. and multiply right which is easy like, for us fill the earth
2: which is so, easy for us but when you're a secular humanist you don't, you don't care about what the Bible says right. about that. <laughs> and, right. You know, like it's our duty and our responsibility to make sure that, you know, we take care of this stuff. Right. You know, and,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so as we consider, you know, adoption, um, what about adoption is distinctly Christian? I'll ask you guys that. And that should be a little softball.
2: <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it even relates. Oh. <laughs>
0: I can't put it together at all unless we go to Ephesians 1. Who's going to say it? Are you in Ephesians 1? I am. Brent, have you ever been adopted? I have, matter (laughs) of fact.
1: Uh, twice, twice,
0: twice. Well, he's actually yeah, adopted. I, I actually am adopted. Oh gosh, I forgot about that, <laughs> yeah. dude. That was funny. Dude. Yeah. He lost his salvation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> At
1: first, I thought <laughs> that's right. He grew up in
2: a Pentecostal church, so like probably like more than twice. You know, like every week, homie had to be
1: adopted again. No, yeah, I no, forgot no. About that. Uh, practically, and, and spiritually. you're right,
0: dude. Yeah. That's funny. And, yeah. I, and so, so, so this is, this is near and dear. Okay, because of that. Okay, yeah. And yeah. I adopted Nathaniel. Uh, yeah. Joy and Nathaniel were. They came, you know, as a package deal, and mm-hmm. so uh, my oldest is adopted, yep. and, and I've never thought of him as not my own, yep. uh, which is kind of cool when you think about the spiritual implications of our adoption yep. uh, into God's family. Yep. You know, it's uh, it's that's why this is such a, something that's so near and dear to God's heart, right? Um, is because it is a picture of the gospel. Yep. You know? Yeah. Well, Ephesians one is, is pretty clear. Uh, starting in verse three, it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing." in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him for the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He blessed us in the Beloved. And, and then it goes on to just even talk about the inheritance that that we'll receive now yeah. as sons yeah. and daughters, you know, as adopted sons and daughters. So, he, you know, he's. He's made a way for us to become part of His family. And yeah. uh, not just, you know, kind of servants that get to come into His kingdom and, you know, be there, but actually sons and daughters. Right. We're heirs, the Bible <laughs> yeah, tells us. It's just crazy. Heirs with Christ. Yeah. You know, like, His, his precious son, He's including us in that, yeah. in that same sonship, you know.
1: Yeah, and it, and it goes on if you, know, if you made it all the way to Ephesians 2 where you know, it talks about how, how dead we were in our sin and our trespasses mm-hmm. and that, that he made us alive in Christ as an act of his grace and his love towards us. Um, we, like we don't even get to take credit you know, for what God has done for us. And, and not only that, that it's you know, his desire to spend all of eternity uh, showing us you know, the riches of his kindness and his love in Christ Jesus his immeasurable riches it says like the inheritance that we get like we can't even fathom you know that inheritance sure even links
2: that he went to with with things that were his own like you're talking about like Romans 11 talks about this extensively with the, the olive tree and the grafting in he's talking yeah. about Jews and Gentiles those that were um, his people and uh, a breaking he, I mean Paul goes on to say branches were broken off so that you might be grafted in, yeah. Like that's a big deal. So there, were, there were like, there were lengths that God went to, to bring people that were not His people, to be His people, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's a neat thing.
1: Yeah. There was sacrifice that yeah. took place, and it makes it beautiful. Yeah. I believe as as you know, the prophet Hosea talks about that, you know, like once you were not a people, but now you're God's people because you know God has has chosen us. Yeah. Right, to be His people. Yeah, what a beautiful thing that is.
0: Yeah, it's neat to watch you know um, somebody come into a, a family's home and become uh, the same as, as a natural born child. You know, yeah. not treated differently. Not I mean, it's just it's a it's it's cool to see people that can sacrifice and do that. So yeah, um, and sometimes it's because you know people can't have kids of their own and so they'll, they'll adopt. But sometimes they have kids that they can actually you know have kids of their own and yeah. they blend these families together in a way that it's just such a cool picture of the gospel. Yeah. what what that what the kingdom of heaven yeah. will actually be like. It's it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, my story as you know, being adopted. Like, you know, my parents told me from an early age. Like, they didn't wait till I was you know an adult and drop a bomb on me. Like, they told me you know from as early as I could understand it. Uh, and so it's always been kind of this normal understanding, you know, for me. But it's always been a picture of the gospel as well. Having grown up in the church, like I, even as a kid, like I could connect those dots right. about you know what my parents did for me. Um, and what God has done for me, like that, just became clear to me, um, you know, at, at a pretty early age, and, and so I've been able to connect the dots of, of the gospel. Um, and and you know, my my story too is that, like, I've never, I've never, quite, like, my family is my family, and I've never questioned that. I've never felt any different about that than the fact that, um, you know, I think about what could have been, you know, in, in the mid '70s when you know Roe v. Wade was kind of a new thing, like what, what could have been. You know, and I thank God. You know that I was adopted, and I thank God that you know I was brought into the family that I was brought into. Um, like I said, it's just been an easy thing for me to connect. You know, the, the dots of the gospel with that. Right? Yeah. God's grace to me
0: It takes a lot of courage to go through with something like that. You know, all the stigma attached to, you know, you you know, you picture this woman's belly just growing and growing. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that you're an unwed mother yeah. and all that. And and the courage that it takes to actually go through with that and, and yeah. give your baby up for adoption is. I don't know, pretty remarkable. Yeah. And, and I would just say, if there's anybody out there that's contemplating that, that's ever listening to this, we as a church at the door will stand with you and walk yeah. through that with you and help you through that. Uh, we would be committed to that 100%. That's going be my alone. questions. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sorry. With no, 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 no <laughs> I <keep> went there. <laughs> I just, you know, you never know who's tuning in, but yeah, yeah. it would be a privilege to be able to do that for somebody.
1: <clears throat> I think it was, I read years ago, uh, I think it was David Platt's church uh, that they went to the, to the local authorities and uh, I forget what city he was in at the time but basically said how many kids are there waiting to be adopted I don't remember what the number was but he got the number and he's you know, he, you know pastor from a mega church and went back to his church and said here's the number of kids that are waiting to be adopted or that are in the foster care system we need to step up and do something about it and, um, not that you can get to them, but yeah, here right. We are. But, but they did. They stepped up. <laughs> like they made a dent in it yeah. in whatever yeah. community you know they were yeah,
2: at the time. Cool. And so it's apologia, a cool thing for a church. It's you know? a really cool thing. Apologia does does that too. So Jeff Durbin again, yeah. who's like, this is a main focus for him is just you know single moms and abortion and yeah. getting rid of it. So it's not just that he stands outside <clears> and like pickets abortion clinics and tells women not to have an abortion, but she, he actually goes back to his church and they're very involved in placing. These kids from the people yeah. that re that that repent and basically don't get the abortion, you know. Um, so they it, it's kind of a cool thing to see, where it's like we're not just here to tell you don't do this. Right. Good luck with that, but we're here to actually help you by you know you not doing it. Right. We're gonna go the the extra mile with you and do the next thing. Right, and that's a wrap thing. Yeah, for the church.
1: And, and that's a testimony to Christ. Yeah, it's a big deal in that. And, and so you know the question you were know, like, what is distinctly Christian about adoption. Well, it's all, <laughs> all of these things that, you know, God is for life. God is for reproduction. Um, you know, God is for, um, you know, the unborn. And as Christians in the church, we ought to be for those things, too, in, in a way that is demonstrable. You know, we can demonstrate how we you know, work for those things. Yeah. 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 Um, you want to look up Romans eight fourteen to 17? while you're looking that up, First uh, John 3 just says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. Uh, just that act of God's love that, that He would consider us, that He would adopt us. The Bible <coughs> makes it clear that, you know, that we were enemies of God uh, in Christ while we were in that state of being enemies of God. Christ died for us so that we could be called His children. Um, what, what a great thing that is. And, and again, easy to connect the dots with you know our spiritual adoption to you know why we should be you know for adoption but uh, Romans 8 14 to 17.
2: For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba Father the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided that we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him.
1: What does that tell us about adoption? I mean, things we've already talked about, but you know, what, do we, what do we take from that? That we've received the spirit of adoption. I,
0: don't know if you have. <laughs> yeah,
1: I can say the same things I said before. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just banging the drum, you know, of the, of the same things. But um, you know, we, we've been given this spirit by which we cry, "Abba, Father," like God. God is our daddy, right, if you will, um, and, and that is in us, placed by God, you know, right. the spirit placed in us, that that we would recognize Him uh, as Father. So
2: it's like um, it is a legit adoption. Yeah. it's kind of what. The language entails, yeah. like it, it's it's not fake, it's not some kind of reasonable facsimile right. or some artificial um, like action, like it is a legitimate adoption,
0: like it, it's it's com- it's complete. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's cool to think about that um, in the Jewish context. They would have never had that kind of an intimacy or be able to even refer to God as father. And Jesus did this all the time. It drove him crazy. Yeah. But uh, we, we get to do that. You know, this idea of even coming boldly sometimes just blows our minds. But this is an idea of, you know, almost like calling him my dad. Yeah. Like, right. I don't want <coughs> do pa- to say Papa. It sounds weird <laughs> to me. I don't, I don't like the Papa. The I'm not going to go there. I'm not a fan of the Papa thing. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds, I don't know why. It sounds weird to me. But, but the idea of that intimacy and that relationship yeah. of um and and knowing that we don't all have perfect earthly dads um, or per, you know parents and so forth, but 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 that God is and so you know, he kind of fills that gap for us yeah. in, in ways that our earthly parents can't. And right. I, I love that.
1: Right, like God doesn't run you know a foster home. Like you talk about being a legit adoption. Like yeah. you know, we're part of God's family, yeah. um, not not just you know a foster kid that's there temporarily right. or until you age out or you know right. something happens or whatever. But like we're part of God's. Family. So not only have we been relationally accepted, we, we also are receiving
2: all the blessings and rewards and benefits that come from, a, as if we always were. Um, like, like it's legitimate. It's yeah. complete. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so how does that, so, so there's the gospel piece of it, you know, all of that. How, how does that inform our view as Christians when it comes to you know, physical adoption? Or maybe I'll ask, like, what... What can Christians in the church do to make a dent in adoption? <laughs> how can we advocate for it?
0: Yeah, I, I think we should, we need to do a better job of it. I remember uh, a really impactful sermon at, at CBC years ago. It was a, they called it Adoption Sunday, and they, they, they brought families up that were wanting <coughs> to adopt, and they had the church pray over them. It surprises me how many people out there actually want to do this. Yeah, but just I, I feel it a lot. I just because it's so like we talked about, it's so difficult. Um, but there's there's foster systems. There, there's ways that, you know, my, my sister-in-law, Janet, right now, they're fostering a little baby. Um, and they'll have it for a period of time. And they'll, you know, they won't keep it. They'll they have to give it back when the time comes. But but there's a lot of different, op- you know, ways we can do it. I just, I wish I knew more about it, honestly. Yeah. It would be cool to have somebody that's been through it. But I know that the red tape and the, the yeah. headache to go through it is, is and the money, right, is, is astronomical. So if there's a better way to do it, I'd love to learn about it. Maybe even like what you guys talk about with some of these churches that are, that are actually doing the legwork and then letting, you know, letting the church know that there's you know five babies right now in the system that are looking for homes because yeah. I know there's people that want them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just don't always know how to get them. Yeah, that
2: almost doesn't seem to be the problem. I mean, I think there's a lot of Christians right. that would not consider it because it would mess up sure things, right? But I think there's a lot of <laughs> I'm too,
0: I'm <laughs> too old and tired now. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> my, my, I have my grandkids for three hours now. Like wiped out. Yeah, <laughs> I can't bend over to change a diaper anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But like, there's a there's a lot of Christians who. would. And, and yeah. so that seems
2: to be the bigger challenge is just the difficulty of it. I remember me and Carrie talked about it for years once our kids were gone. And, and it was like, gosh, and we threw it back and forth and looked into some stuff. And it is so <clears throat> difficult that it makes you not want to pursue it. Yeah. Um, even when that thing went, went down with Afghanistan, I don't know when that was, a year ago or whatever, when yeah. they were killing Christians over there and there was yeah. a bunch of them fleeing and coming over here to Seattle and stuff. Like they were looking for some homes to take some of these people, like, you know, in a day, and we signed up for it, and like turned in an application and stuff, and like we couldn't get it. And it's like, why can we not? You know, you got all these people. You're looking for homes that are, you know, they're displaced, they're yeah. diaspora. Like, here we are. We're willing, you know, and we still couldn't get, you know, somebody. It's just,
0: I don't, I don't know what's up with our system, yeah. here, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah, if anybody out there watching knows like avenues to, because I would love to be a church that champions that and and, and finds ways to help families that it's are looking possible. for kids. Yeah, that we would talk be, to. Amanda and Jane, that they might have some yeah. connections. Yeah, those
1: are two uh, great people mm-hmm. to go to for resources for yeah. these kinds of things. You know, <clears throat> we support Pregnancy Resource Center. Um, you know, financially, we support it prayerfully. Um, you know, we have people that volunteer their time there. Um, you know, I would encourage anyone who's looking for somewhere to volunteer some time. That's definitely a worthy cause, uh, worthy cause to give to. Uh, you know, worthy thing to just constantly pray for. You know, as well. Those mm-hmm. are some just easy ways you know, that we can support. Um, but more than that, you know, we, we can be willing to, to do our part in adopting. And we know that like not everybody can do that. Not not everybody's in a position to do it. Um, you know, but if you are, um, you know, the encouragement would be to, to consider it, right? Okay. I think it's some really good friends of ours that they, uh, for quite a while now, have been working with um, uh, native tribes, and they've um, it's kind of an indefinite fostering because of tribal rules. You can't actually adopt these tribal kids, but they have this indefinite you know fostering, which kind of effectively, you know, as an adoption. Uh, and they've got, I don't know, six or eight, maybe more kids that they have, you know, pulled from the tribes. And it's a lot of, you know, moms that have been on drugs and just really hard, you know, hard things, you know, like that. And it's a lot of work for them. Um, you know, they have completely disrupted their life, um, you know, for this thing. And it's, it's, commendable. I look at that and think I couldn't do it. But at the same time, like, it's really commendable, you know, what they, what they do. And I have much appreciation and much respect for it and, I would say they're doing, you know, far more than their part, uh, you know, in doing this. And, uh, you know, they're willing to even take on more, you know, as time time goes on. And, you know, their, their kids are grown and out of the house, you know, like they've raised their kids, uh, and they're still doing this thing. Uh, and it's just a really neat example to see, you know, Christians, because of their faith, uh, doing something that's hard and disruptive in their life, uh, yet to serve a greater purpose.
2: And I think God does a lot of that, too, in the Christian. Sure. Right? Um, so, like, we see the sovereignty of God even in this. I don't know how many of these scenarios I've seen. You guys have probably seen them, too. Where you have a Christian couple. They love the Lord. They come together. They want kids. They can't have. They try. They try. They try. They try. and They can't have them. So they accept it. Yeah. And they adopt. Sometimes two, three, four kids. And then down the road, they have their own. That's right. And, <laughs> and, and, and you can see God even opening and closing wombs sure. for adoption to occur, right, for these things to happen. And so it's, it's neat even to see the sovereignty of God, you know, through his people and, and even probably people that aren't his people, yeah. you know, to accomplish, um, you know, all that. So.
1: Yeah. Um, a few questions just kind of as we're in the home stretch uh, here of our time. You've already answered the question of, you know, what we would say to somebody who's contemplating, you know, an abortion. Um, what would you say to someone who has been down that road? What would you say to the person that has done that, um, and maybe maybe doesn't have a problem with the fact that they've done it, or the person that really is still you know grief stricken over it? E- either way, what would you say to people that have been down that road?
0: Yeah, I, I think to the to the woman who's just broken over what she's done, uh, recognizes that she did something that was wrong and has, has repented from it and, and is still in that state of um, feeling guilty about it maybe and broken over it uh, I would preach the gospel to that person and, mm-hmm. and let them know that in Christ their sins are forgiven yeah. and um, that, that, that that's not the unpardonable sin that there is you know, did it break God's heart? Sure um, does he hate it? Yeah you know, it says that God hates hands that shed innocent blood there's no question about it um, but that there can be forgive- I, guess I think it would say the same thing to the person that's not grieving over yeah. it, that, that God hates this but he's willing to forgive it and he's willing to restore you completely you know, that's what the gospel does so, yeah. so there is absolution of our sins when it comes to the things we've done, we've all done things that we wish we wouldn't have done um, you know, I've known women that have been through this and, and actually gone back and named that child and uh, remember it as though it, you know they've really kind of honored it in that way and I yeah. think it's beautiful when that can happen so, um, you know, there's forgiveness for sins in Christ, and that's our hope. It's yeah. my hope, and it, it, it could be everybody's hope, you know, yeah. it, it, regardless of what they've done. Yeah, it's good.
2: Yeah, I think we can always easily look at ourselves and, um, I mean, obviously we're our biggest fans sometimes, but we're also <laughs> our biggest critics, right, On the, at the same time. And I think we can always look at ourselves on certain things we've done and just say there's no way this can be forgiven. And, um, and so we, we, we need to know that Christ became sin so that we might become the righteousness right. of God in him, right? Like he became an abortion, uh, you know, a performer of abortion when he hang on, hung on the cross. Like there, there's not some things that he hung for and some right. things that he did. Like he became uh, all of the worst of us so that we could be free from the guilt and condemnation of the worst of us. Yeah. And um, again, <laughs> that's easier said than done, but it, ha- it has to be preached and it has to be proclaimed yeah. to people that have gone through this. If they're not walking in defeat. Their entire life. Yeah, there's consequence from choices we've made that follow us around. But we don't need to walk in defeat. We can walk in victory, knowing that you know Christ became that on our behalf. Yeah, so absolutely. that we can be free from that being our de- identity. Right. Oh, I'm not just a person that aborted a baby. That's not what I am. I'm I'm the righteousness of God in right. Christ. Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? There's yeah. now no condemnation for now those no who are in Christ. That's yeah. Romans eight yeah. one. And it's true of a guy as well. Yes. that It may be forced a girl into doing this, yeah. Uh, either by you know just telling her this is what has to happen, or abandoning her. Um, you know that guy's just as guilty and just sure. as wrong. I'm really glad you brought and, that up. And and needs to repent of his sin and confess it as well. You know, it, it's it's just the reality. So it's not just yeah. the the woman's the one that has to carry it and be seen and you know, the obvious one. But the, there was a guy in that same you know in that same mix yeah. that's just as culpable. Right. So.
1: Yeah, and probably by by and large, I, I don't know this. I'm just speculating. But by and large, I'm guessing there's not a lot of men out there grieving abortions mm-hmm. um, necessarily. There might be a lot of men thinking, you know, like they're off the hook now. Yeah, um, I'm sure there are some maybe that, that are grieving over it, but by and large, um, you know, um, what, what would you? What else would you say to those to the guys that have you know been, I guess, a culprit to it for lack of a better better term? Um, you know, where where is the redemption? You know, for for men in this.
0: I think you know, it's just if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from unrighteousness is the same thing we would tell everybody. But but I think part of that confession is, is you go back and you, you do everything you can to um, make it right. You know, so if you abandon somebody and if you cause me, you go back to that person and you you know um, own your own, own your stuff before the person, before the people in your life and before God and, and then and then you enjoy <laughs> you know the, the yeah. redemption that is ours in Christ. Right.
1: You know that's that's it. I think I would encourage you know, anybody whether it's you know a man or a woman that you know, has been down this path, uh, you know that is grieving and that is seeing it you know for for what it is in God's eyes. Like part part of what can be redemptive about this is that you know because of your experience you can now reach out to people and counsel with people yeah. who have been where you're at. Uh, and, and talk to them about you know, just what we've talked about the, the gospel piece of it and the absolution of sin and God's forgiveness and, and all of those things and, and you know there's no person in a better position you know, to offer that kind of counsel to someone other than someone that's been there and that has walked that path yeah that's 2 uh,
0: Corinthians the, the, with the comfort that we've you know, been comforted we right. take that now we offer it to other people that's the beautiful thing is in God's redemptive way You know, adoption is a way where God is redemptive. And and, and restoration from something like this is something, a a way that God is. There's so many ways that God redeems just horrible sin that we've committed and and terrible things we've done and and makes them beautiful things. And and, and it's just cool when we see it happen. And the church should be for that in every way and not, you know, not this judgmental, harsh. I don't know. It just seems like we don't always create space for people that have gone through hard things like this. And and we need to.
1: Yeah, that's good. Well, we're about at time. Any kind of final thoughts? Things that maybe I mean, there's a lot of things that we probably haven't covered that we could. Uh, but any you know, final thoughts that you guys have before we sign off?
0: No, just invitation to, to people again that you know anybody that's um, struggling with any of the stuff we've talked about or, or feels alone in this, you're not. Yeah. And um, and and there may be women in the church that you know we could connect women with, or or we could sit down with guys that have you know just been struggling with something that they've done or, or whatever, and and talk to them about who Jesus is and what he's done for us so that we can move on beyond this and, and kind of be made new what he's asked us or told us we can't yeah. be made new. So right on. Yeah.
1: Anything else for you, David? We no. well, I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, I, Yeah. I think the gospels is, is the answer for all, just like every other sin. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, surprise, yeah, you
1: know. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> the answer is found in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <There we>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, you want to pray for yeah. us? Yeah.
2: Lord, we thank you again for pointing us toward your Son, the necessity of a cross uh, erected on our behalf, um, and uh, just how far that reaches. That that your blood goes farther than uh, maybe we think it does sometimes, and and I just pray that your people would know that and that they would respond in a way that um, is um, reflective of that redemption, that thing that we say that we enjoy, that thing that we uh, that has absolved us, God, and um, and so we pray for the hurting that there would be healing in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for today and uh, the topics that you give us in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 All right. See you next time. All right. Bye, guys.